No Shame in the Home Game, the podcast that cares how your home feels, not looks. I'm Lacey, your co-host, who's going to share a lot today, if I have to guess. We are following up our episode where we talked with Corey Whiteland, talking about neurodiversity in home management, and we're feeling that in my household right now. I am here with my lovely co-host, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. I can't tell you how happy I am. We haven't recorded together in a while, so it's exciting. I know. And I was, this morning was all about pivoting. And then this happened. And I was like, yeah, sometimes good things come out of not good things. Just really quickly so you know how my day started. Love it. Well, I've been walking on the treadmill in the morning, which is like my time to wake up, which has been great. And then I come up from that and then my son's like, why is there a puddle in the living room? And it's raining outside right now, like a lot. And I was like, oh, home repair gods, please be with me. But no, my dog peed in the living room because I'm guessing it was raining last night and maybe she didn't actually pee last night. I don't know. She doesn't usually do this. So I hadn't had any coffee and luckily it's a ruggable so I can put it in the washing machine. So I'm like, oh, okay. And then I hadn't had coffee yet. Anyways, then I was supposed to get my haircut. And then five minutes before I'm walking up the door, my haircut got canceled. But then we got to meet up. And I was like, sometimes good stuff happens. And it all works out. Can I tell you how much joy it brought me for you to say, no, my dog just peed on the carpet. Like it was such a relief. That's what it was. <laughs> Where well, a lot of other situations would be like, oh, damn it, my dog peed on the carpet. But I just, mindset is everything. It's- well, and that's actually, I used it as a lesson with my son because I do this with you all the time about framing things. And I yeah. said to my son, I said, honestly, I thought I was going to have to put buckets out because the rain was dripping in the house. And I said, if I had to choose between the two, I'm really glad it was dog pee because that's a limited amount of liquid to deal with. And I'm just washing the rug, which, you know what, needed to be washed anyways. So it was like just a cue to wash my rug, which needed to happen. And now it's going to be clean. And then, yeah, my haircut getting canceled. Now I get to see you, which is honestly going to make my day so much better. And then I won't have those little hairs tickling my neck for the rest of the day. I do get that. Here's a question. If you're going to get your hair cut, do you do your hair before you go to get your hair cut? I don't. Okay. I don't. And here's why. Before we moved, we, every other month, would have someone come clean. It was like Joe and I's big splurge thing. And we need to figure that out again in the new house. But we did it. You actually helped teach me. You really don't know it. We did it to make it more functional. So they could do a better job cleaning. Before, I used to think it was I clean so that the cleaning people don't judge me. But now it's like, no, I clean and pick up. So the cleaning people can do a better job and not have to worry about all this stuff. And so with hair, they're going to be washing my hair anyway. I don't need to freshen anything up. It's happening. They, it is part of their process, so I don't need to. It's so funny when you said that I realized why I do my hair. And you were like, I thought I was picking up and cleaning so that house cleaners didn't judge me. I do my hair so that my hairstylist doesn't think I don't know how to do my hair. I don't want to show up and I don't want her to think that's how she does her hair every day because I have naturally curly hair. So it gets 
crazy. And I have to just make it like seem like it is intentional in some regard. And then I was like, wait, this is silly. She's going to wash my hair. But then I was like, I can't walk in. What am I going to do? Just pull my hat off and be like, <laughs> like you know, it would be crazy. I will say one of my oldest, dearest friends is a hairstylist. She's wonderful. And because she did my hair for so long, I also think I, one, have a better understanding of what they're actually looking at because they really don't care. And then the other part of it is that she's seen me at my worst. So what is that going to do? And so I think it just lowered the bar for me for everybody else, too. Okay, this is fine. Shout out to Emma. Love you, Emma. It is great to peek behind the curtain and talk to people who work in different fields. Like I've got a lot of friends who are massage therapists. Uh So I love kind of hearing how they see things. And the same thing, like I cleaned houses for years. I've got this totally different viewpoint on it. And I don't know, like I think it's fun to think about things from both sides of the perspective. Which is, oh my gosh, a great segue into what this whole thing is. I didn't do that on purpose at all. Own it. Own it. It's in your natural being, Sarah. So we recorded with Corey, I don't even know what month. It was many moons. It was mid-October. We were trying to honestly remember what we talked about. And then I thought, no, let's just pull out what we naturally learned. Because we covered a lot with Corey. That's her area of expertise. Let's actually just discuss what did we learn and what did we apply in our own homes? And then those are going to be the juicy little nuggets that were good for us. Lacey, we were talking because you just moved into your house then. And yes. Yeah. And it really helped me think about how I approach Joe when it comes to getting things done. And another thing is that it was also really helpful for me. So I have a lot of anxiety. On top of my lovely chronic illness and fatigue and all that stuff. And so my anxiety needed relief. And his ADHD was preventing that from happening. We were in a state where either I was going to be unhappy or he was going to be unhappy. I mean, that's a very oversimplification. But what I've learned in the time since then is just doing a much better job of recognizing the difference between like task initiation and motivation to do things. And so it's helped me start to be like, okay, if I can do this part, it makes it easier for Joe and it's going to make the task initiation easier for him. I will say we are in a very unique space in our household right now where Joe had an, I don't know if it's emergency, but an unexpected appendectomy last week. Certainly wasn't planned. (laughs) Certainly wasn't planned. (laughs) And so now Joe is out of commission when it comes to the physical stuff. So it's been a very interesting experience of me having to step it up with the physical stuff, which has worn me out and all this, all these things. And but yesterday, we all know my parents are wonderful and they help out so much. And I've had a vision for my office to have a bed that's like a bed nook that I can go and like rest and potentially work there. And I'm surrounded by books and it's this beautiful, wonderful place that I want to be. And um, we're finally making it happen. So my parents came over to help with that. 
And Joe's been working from home because he's not really supposed to drive, all this stuff. So he has had the experience of wanting to help, but not being able to because of what he's supposed to be doing with his body. And I think it's given him a better point of view on what it's like for me to feel stuck and not be able to do something. So I I share all this because I think he and I both now probably have a better appreciation for each other's perspective when it comes to these things. And I'm hopeful for the future that now that we both have a view of each other's perspective, it's going to be a little bit easier for us to communicate about it going forward. So glad we didn't record this until now because I wouldn't be able to put all of that together. So yeah, it's always a work in progress. I think the other thing that I've done since then is I've gotten so much better about accepting help. So when we were moving, I accepted help to fill in a lot of gaps because we had to. We had a timeline. We had a deadline. And so now I did take that and I used Corey's idea of deadlines. And we have my son's fifth birthday party in a few weeks. And I made a deadline that we were going to get certain household tasks done by then. And I've been able to use that for myself as well. So like friend of the pod and season one participant, Alex, came over to my house and she just hung pictures like a mad woman for me. It was amazing because I know hanging pictures was another big one. If we could just focus to hang these things. And so I think I've been able to loosen up more on myself. And my husband and I have had more deep conversations about his ADHD and how sometimes I feel like I have to be his executive functioning. And then that makes him feel like I'm a nag. And so I think my biggest takeaway from Corey is just seeing each other's perspectives and knowing that they're both valid and moving forward together. Yes. I see so much overlap between Corey's episode and Deb's. And it comes down to the root of why No Shame in the Home Game, I I just, I find it so important, is you're living with other people and you're in this small environment, small relative, right? And it's, it's not just getting project A done. It's what are the priorities of everyone in the house? Is project A important to everyone? Is everyone capable of doing that project? You were talking about motivation and task initiation and everybody is going to be at such a different place. And so it's being able, like you said, to step back and look at it. But when you're, when you're in it, like you're in your feelings, right? You're so in your feelings. I don't want anyone to think I'm doing well at all of this. You have an opportunity to toggle. I just toggled this morning between first person view and I don't, I'm not really good with literature. What do you call, is it third person when you're like outside looking in? Would that be third person? third person. So I just Mm -hmm. toggled from first person to third person because January, I'm the best version of myself. January and February are the worst. The sunlight is my pure energy. Most people are. But so it's the shortest days of the year. It has been extremely gray here. And it's raining. It's not even snowy and sunny. Rainy and gray. Shortest day of the year. And I had to toggle between me being not really kind about the coffee mug this morning. And I just, I had to go and I had to third person it and go, okay, 
this is a really tough time of year for me. I'm not going to be my best self. I'm going to own that. But I, again, I had to go between being in that moment of just like, don't touch my coffee mug. I had to step outside of myself and be like, okay. So again, going back to Corey's work of if you have neurodiversity or you're living with somebody in neurodiversity, getting out of that first point of view, I feel like it's all on my plate. I feel offended that they're not hanging the picture, unpacking the box, and then like going third person, going, whoa, this is my priority. They're having a harder time initiating this project. And so that's a lot of what I took away from Corey is just remembering we, we're not always all on the same. We're never on the same. Not always. No. We're never on the same page when you live with a household. And that's why I'll do a little plug for our home harmony that Corey and I did together, which is I said is great for anyone living with somebody else in a household. It's about talking about what are your priorities? What is like, how do you get things done? And it's really a roadmap. It's boring stuff, right? It's what I took away from Corey is boring stuff is hard for everyone. Boring stuff is really hard for neurodiverse people. Yes. And so learning that there are solutions, you just have to approach it differently. If you want a little bit more No Shame in the Home Game, or just to interact with other people who also want to live at ease in their homes, follow us on social media at No Shame in the Home Game. You can also interact with Sarah, who's at the Joy Riddler on Instagram and threads. Sarah's the thread gal. Or you can follow Lacey Shares on Instagram, threads, TikTok to hear all about Lacey's antics. We really hope that you join us there and make sure to say hello. So when it comes to kids, they are everywhere and that kind of stuff. And so I feel like my kids are actually teaching me a lot about how to support my husband when it comes to neurodiversity as well, because kids will just drop stuff, right? And then they're like, I am done here. And that's me help, helped me see, oh, okay. And this is what we did with Alex of adapting to what is actually happening, not what we want to happen. So I was like, we're, one of the things that I did is we, in our, our new house, you come in from the garage. We have a garage and BD. That was a new thing for us. You come in from the garage. It's a small hallway and there's a laundry room and a bathroom right across from each other. And then you walk through more and then you go into a kitchen with a, a eat-in like little area. And both the bathroom and the laundry room had doors that shut on them. And the door that was into the laundry room was just causing more problems. And so one day I was like, Joe, I'm taking this door down. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yep. And I went and I just cut it off the hinges, took it out of the room. And it was just so nice because now the kids can just go in there, put their shoes down, hang their coats up. They don't have to open and get behind a door and that kind of stuff. And I, I just see that as such a win for us of not thinking about what this should be. It doesn't need a door. The laundry room doesn't need privacy. Sometimes it can be a little loud, but whatever. The dryer's not, hey lady, I need some alone time. It was just a, a, a kind of a big win for me. 
and and our household. And it has helped me start to see those things more and more. Yeah. And I think that's such a great example and parallel of you could have a door on there, but it's you don't have to. Like there's different ways to approach it. And as going circling back to Corey and the neurodiversity, just because you do it one way, and it doesn't have to be neurodiverse. It doesn't mean yeah. your partner or somebody you're living with is wants to do it the exact same way. There's many ways to get to that end point, and it's having that flexibility to figure out what's everybody's path. My kids now do. They go, they hang their coats up, they put their shoes on a rack, and they're so good about it because it's right there, it's part of their day, and it's easy. And so they don't need task initiation. They don't need executive management because we, as much. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, they're kids and shoes end up other places, coats end up other places, that kind of stuff. I also hung a thing there that the car keys are now there. And that's also been a big win for us. So there's just, it's been helpful. The other thing I did, and Sarah, I sent you a picture of this. I put up a physical wall calendar. It's an erase board. Also in that hallway, right? Because everybody's walking down that hallway. And it has been really helpful with Joe and I's communication because Joe, when it's not there, it doesn't exist. Again, totally understandable. And now he sees it every week and we know actually what's happening. I love it. Yeah. Trying things on and finding what works best. What's the smoothest path? And that's what I see with all of this work whether it's with Corey or Deb or whatever we're doing, it's what is that smoothest path? When I met with Ashley, oh, this is, what do you call it? Easter egg to season two. Yeah, it's a little preview Preview. of season two. So Ashley is an occupational therapist and she described her work as finding the tension point and reducing it. So people can do their everyday tasks if they've had some kind of change with their capabilities. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what I do. And like you were just describing, taking the door off reduced that tension. Putting the wall calendar right where you walk by it anyways, it reduced that friction point. And that's all we're ever trying to do is find, okay, what can make it smoother? Yes, there's another way to do it that might be preferable visually. But like you said, the dryer doesn't need privacy. But don't worry, she's sassy. The wash is actually sassier than the dryer in our house. But yeah, but she can handle it. So another thing, obviously, accessibility is something that's really important to me. Now that I have a disability, it's one of those things I knew logically. Now I know in my heart much better about accessibility. And have you, I think I've mentioned this on here before, about the sidewalk example where they started putting not ramps like a sidewalk dips curb like the curb dips so that it can be accessible for someone in a wheelchair and there was a lot of people that have benefited outside just wheelchair users parents with strollers delivery people with carts and that kind of stuff and as we were talking about this wall calendar I'm like, oh, the wall calendar has also helped me see that our family is an active family doing things. We do have things on our calendar. We are going places and doing things. And because I think I don't really leave the house. I have been doing it more because Joe can't drive. So I don't do those things. 
But as I put things up on there, I'm like, oh, yeah, we do that. Or this person's coming here on this day. And it just helps me also with my mental health of like, sometimes I feel like I bring my house down with my disability. And it's like, no, we're still active. We're still doing things and all these different things. So that's been a, a little side benefit, too, for me. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So even though I put that up there to meet my husband where he was, I'm getting a much better or I'm getting something out of it, too. If you want to be selfish, just know it might help you, too. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Y'all, Home CEO is finally here. The work you hear me do with participants in No Shame in the Home Game is based off of the Home CEO course. Watch the course at your own pace and learn how to problem solve your pain points and find solutions that work for you. Along with the how-to course are guided worksheets. There are solutions for your situation. Sign up for the course at joyfulsupportmovement.com and start finding your solutions today. Relating it back to Corey still, I actually just read one of Corey's emails this morning from her mailing list. It was about mask wearing and how people mm -hmm. with neurodiversity, and I think this can relate to everyone because to some degree we all wear masks. Yes. And she was talking about when you are neurodivergent, all the energy it takes to try to cover up either if you can't interpret emotions or you can't keep your space organized or just how much more energy it takes. And I was just thinking about Joe and other people I know who they go to their job and you see them, well, you're capable of doing those tasks at work. You're capable of doing that. Why can't you do it at home? And I just realized reading that email, I'm like, oh, they're using all their energy to put those masks on in certain places. And you come home and you want to be your authentic self and take off all those masks. Absolutely. And I'm just like, oh, that is that must be exhausting. I actually realized this isn't exactly neurodiversity, but I've realized through threads, shout out threads what an introvert I am and how much, oh, what's it called? I can't handle a lot of stimulation. Like I can't yeah. handle, what do you call that? I, yeah, you have some kind of sensory, highly you, sensitive, limited sensory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I realized through that, because I'm finding other people, which has been amazing and they'll say things and I'm like, oh yeah, that me too. And I'm just realizing I need to construct my life to really match who I am naturally and not that outside expectation. And that's, and again, bringing it back to no shame in the home game. That's what I'm always saying to people. You don't know what your neighbors are capable or not capable of doing. You don't know what battles they're fighting playing a game as a family. And it's very low energy. And I was like, I'm really content sitting here on this couch, playing this video game with my family. I'm not out night skiing or whatever, but I'm like, you know what, though? That would take so much energy for me that I wouldn't be able to do these other things. I just need to really accept this is what works for me. 
and my introvert high sensitivity <laughs> temperament. I'm barely, I'm highly sensitive too. So I hear you. But what we're talking about is a big realization I actually posted on TikTok yesterday about how I have done a lot of that eliminating of barriers to preserve the little precious energy that I have. And with Joe being out of commission, I've had to pick a lot of those back up. And it's so interesting how quickly we forget that, oh, when I got rid of this for a reason, or I don't do this in our house for a reason. It's not just because I'm that bad word lazy. It's because if I did this, I can't do anything else. So like literally the past few days, I've been mostly bedridden when I'm not doing specific tasks for our household or that kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is why. This isn't the best use of my energy for my household, for my life, for my family. And shout out to Joe that he's always just done these things now that because that he knows that and recognizes that. So just, yeah, energy management is very important. And we're all different. And what we have is different. What we have will change. Case in point, hi, my name's Lacey. It has changed greatly for me. And that's okay. Yeah, and I just, I always feel like we're, we are making the world a better place with this podcast. When I hear you say that, it's that spoon theory. We all, whatever number of spoons we have, we still have a limitation. And your spoons really changed. And yeah, you got to step back into Joe's shoes and realize like, oh yeah, this is why I don't do all that stuff because there goes my spoons. And again, linking it back to the work I do and with Corey, and it's just everyone has a certain number of physical spoons or mental energy spoons. Mine are more mental energy spoons. And you taking off that door, that helped you with your spoons. Putting that calendar right where you can see it helped with Joe's spoons and your spoon. This is the whole point. I got, I just legit got tinkle. I got goosebumps from my ankles all the way up. It's all about reducing those tension points so you can use your spoons in a way that fulfills you and not be throwing spoons on things that don't, that just aren't as important, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm so excited that people can realize there's another way. Go ahead, Lacey. I was just going to say for our listeners who are Spoons just does not resonate with me. So okay. I think about it as a bank account. My energy is a bank account. And maybe every morning I get a deposit. And so with my chronic fatigue syndrome, the way that I thought about it is every morning the deposit's different. Okay. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. Also, sometimes during the day, some, we'll just call it my CFS monster, comes and withdrawals from my account without telling me and then all of a sudden I'm done you know how sometimes you're like wait I paid that bill oh yeah you're right I scheduled that out and you so just sometimes money disappears from your account that you weren't thinking about or expecting and that's where that happens and sometimes you do something that gives you energy and that raises your bank account a little bit it's a deposit so I think of it more as a bank account I just pictured your CFS as really annoying employee or something and it's just like oh no there's a fee today and you're like what yeah. and you're like they're just like no but it's the tuesday fee there's been never been a tuesday fee yeah and it's like, i don't know when that's gonna happen only it does and so sometimes it just stuff leaves and i'm like oh okay i guess i have to lay down now 
And then sometimes when you're spending a little too much money, but you're having fun, so you just keep going and then you feel the pain later. That's another way. <laughs> as much as I am so kind and tolerant of everyone else's situations, I'm not always that kind and tolerant of myself, which is universal. And really, for me, understanding that is what you're talking about. I have that mentally. Yeah. I had to navigate some impromptu medical appointments with my kiddo that led to more impromptu medical appointments with my kiddo. And in and of itself, it's not a big deal, but the amount of decision-making it took, okay, now this is changing. So now that has to change. Okay. Now we have to do this. Okay. Now this is going to cost this. Okay. That's going to, and it was four hours out of my life and it wasn't the physical stuff I was doing, but the mental taxation and because of the stimulation, because we had to go here and then we had to go there. You've been such a teacher for me. I ha I just thought about, okay, Whatever I had planned for the rest of the day is taking a back seat because I just dumped out all of my mental energy <laughs> with these yeah. impromptu medical. And, and mine, we... mine comes out as I'm just a B-I-T-C-H. If I overextend my account with my mental energy, I become not a nice person. And just like everyone's bank account, everyone has a different amount. Everyone has more reserves than others. And all these different things. And so some things cost more than others. I was thinking about the random withdrawals or fees. I like that you made it like a, a persnickety employee with fees. I love that. Like, where she's like, you blinked more than you were supposed to. I'm really sorry. We're gonna have to do a $50 fee. I only have 45 in the account. I know. So you should go lay down. Blinked more than yours supposed. Sometimes it could be that. I don't know. This actually, this relates. Last night, my husband asked me what he should eat, which is like a really weird. There was a whole scenario around it. And then I said, give me a second. And I, I walked away and then I came back and I just said, I can't answer that for you. I started to say because of X, Y, Z. And he's like, it's okay because you've already made decisions for everyone else in the house what they're going to eat. When he goes, that's okay. Yeah, I got nothing. So rather than overextending to try to yeah. make those decisions, I'm not making a decision. You blinked your eyes too much. Too many blinks, gal. Oh, okay. It's no secret that I love a piece of technology, but I really love when a piece of technology can combine multiple different facets of my life and make it easier. That's what Notion is for me. Notion is an all-in-one workspace where you can organize your thoughts, tasks, you can share. There's so much that you can do within Notion. You can head to joyfulsupportmovement.com backslash Notion and sign up today. We're all humans and I don't know, I always wonder if it's an American thing. I still wonder what it's like in other cultures. How much we yeah. expect of ourselves, how much we expect of others. Those expectations, I wonder what it's like in other places. I, I just, I really do. I think another thing that's been on my mind lately that is how, so in communication, context can change the message. So if I said congratulations to you at a graduation, it means something. If I said congratulations to you at a funeral, that has a lot of weird meaning to it. Where we physically were, the event or the place we were, 
changes the meaning of that congratulations. I find that lack of awareness about context is often what gets people in trouble a lot of different places. And it changes the meanings. We were in the beginning of this conversation when you were like, oh, if you would have said to me out of context, my dog peed on the carpet this morning, I've been like, oh my gosh, Sarah, that's so hard. Woof, okay. But then to hear you be like, no, I understood more about the context. It changed the meaning of that sentence. And so I do think that you're right that other places that have other expectations with context probably have different meaning, especially like the productivity grind that is very much American culture. Don't take vacations when other countries take the month of August off. I learned that. So, but I do think there is always going to be an undercurrent of shoulding and doing more. This actually does circle back to Corey as well, because I just thought of, yes, I thought of values and how a culture, a country, a city, whatever, can have different values. And that was one of the things we worked through with Home Harmony was understanding the values of the people you live with. And I thought, oh, yeah, I just thought, oh, yeah, if I valued my mental wellness. Yeah. And if you value experiencing art that's going to be very different than if you value the newest sports car, right? And that is actually one of the things I work with clients. We talk about what is important to you. Why are you doing this? What is the goal? Not just, I think it should look like this. It's like, what is actually important to you? Oh, I, I want to spend less time cleaning my kitchen because I want to spend more time walking my dog. Okay. Your value is being outside of walking your dog. Your value isn't having your kitchen look impeccable. So, yeah, this all ties together. Man, this has gotten deep. Oh, I love deep, this. All right. When I taught interpersonal communication, I would often explain a concept and be like, they'd be like, let's get deep, guys. Let's really talk about what this means for us. So, one of my dear friends, Zach, is always, let's get deep. I'm like, let's get deep, Zach. So, <laughs> let's talk about what's making us happy this week. Uh, I'll start. Yeah. You've heard me say this a little bit in this episode. I'm a science, evidence-paced gal. Facts, truth, that kind of stuff. But I have recently been leaning more into the woo of the world and spirituality, not necessarily tied to religion, but spirituality with the world and, and all this stuff, the universe. And this is something Sarah and I talk about a lot, where I am leaning into just seeing things and then trusting that it's gonna work out a way or when something happens be like oh that's why I couldn't get this done in my house I bought this wallpaper that I loved and I was gonna put it in our bedroom and I put up two panels of it myself and then I couldn't do any more then because my arms got tired and then I put up another panel by myself and it wouldn't stick I was getting so frustrated and then I was talking to my mom about my plan for my little bed, book nook, cozy office situation. And mom said, what if you put the wallpaper in here instead? And my mind exploded because I'm like, that's it. That's why it wasn't meant to go in this room. That's why I couldn't get it to stick. That's why I couldn't finish it. It wasn't meant to go there. It's meant to go into this space. And it's going to be surrounded by 
white bookshelves and a white duvet and it's going to be this like calming because it's actually really dark wallpaper with flowers on it. And I'm just like, oh, so I don't need to beat myself up about not finishing that thing because maybe that wasn't the plan all along and I can pivot and this is beautiful. So I don't know. I just whether or not that's real doesn't matter to me. It makes me feel better. (laughs) So I'm leaning into that joy of okay, maybe this wasn't meant to be, and we're going to do this here. I think my partnership with Sarah in general is one of those things. Probably why I'm leaning into it, because I'm getting a lot of joy out of the unexpected path that brought us here. But I'm just leaning into it more, and it is a very joyful, happy thing. I love that for you, because I want you to have so much joy in your life because I know that there are a lot of things that aren't joyful. And as Sarah Berry always says from season one, you can't take out the bad, but you can always add in the good. And so I love that you viewed it that way. And when you said, I don't even know if it's real, I always think about how people poo-poo the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whatever, that's awesome. There was this episode of MASH where they utilized the placebo effect because they ran out of what they needed. And I'm like, yeah, if it works, Who cares if it was the placebo? It freaking worked. Who cares if you like saw it in that way and that's not really what it was? It's It made you feel good. So who cares? So I love that. And I can't wait to see the wallpaper. I actually, I really want to embrace wallpaper more, but I'm scared to commit. But whenever I see it, I love it. Well, it's peel and stick. So what I got, it's not as much of a commitment. Yeah. And so my mom and dad came over and put it up yesterday in the room. And it was so much easier than they thought it was going to be. Because my mom's like, we need these tools. We're going to do this thing. And they put up the first one and they were like, oh, it's going to take us not even an hour. Like, I know. Does it come off that easily too? Sometimes. So I, if you don't do a good job of like really getting the bubbles out and making sure it's all pressed down, which is what happened in the other room because I was in a hurry and pushing myself to get something done. Interesting that it didn't work out great when I was just pushing and pushing. But if you do it well, it really sticks and it. it's fine. This Lacey knows about, we have been doing, what would you call that, parallel meditation? We have yeah. both been embracing this new meditation technique that was introduced to me by my sister. I don't remember the name of the but it's the Ziva technique. And anyone out there who's unsure about meditation, this is the most down-to-earth, approachable, easiest way to meditate I've ever encountered in my over 20 years of meditating. And I've been doing it more routinely. And I'm not great about the second one, but the first one, I do it automatically in the morning. And it's really made a difference for me. I just the other day I was getting worked up about something and my calm brain was just like, what's that, man? Why are we getting worked up? I can feel myself start to get wrapped up. So that morning meditation really sets me off in a great place. Yeah, like the dog pee. Oh, okay. What do I got to do? Got to do this? Got to do this? I'm really thankful that I got that meditation book, that I've been doing it, that it's been helpful to you. It also has been a case study in how Sarah and I do things differently. Sarah got the book, told me about it, and was like, I'm about a chapter in. 
And it made me think of you. And I was like, okay. And then that day I got it from the library, listened to the first four chapters, decided that they weren't getting to the point enough, figured out where she actually tells you what to do, listened to that chapter and started the next day. And Sarah was like, oh, well, I haven't gotten there yet. And here's the beauty of it. She was like, I'll tell you if anything else important comes up. And I was like, awesome. This is honestly, Lacey, why I forget that you have a disability. <laughs> okay. Perfect yin and yang. Like, your body is all, don't blink too much, but your brain is like 100 miles an hour. We're tortoise and hare. We say it all the time. And my body is, I can stack wood for 20 hours straight. I'm totally cool. But my brain is like, don't ask me to think too much. It's just, I it, I love it because it brings me so much joy in how differently we approached it. But they were both getting something out of it. And for me, I enjoy the actual meditation, which is something I've never enjoyed before. I just want to say that. But for some reason, and this is probably my overactive brain now that we're talking about it, my brain does these like visualizations on its own. I imagine that I'm in a ocean or on a kayak or something one time my brain was like we're in a park and I just lean into it and it's become a really just lovely 20 minutes at a time it has helped my energy I do get a burst of energy after I do it so that's been really good for me that's awesome yeah that's why I thought of you because you want to rest but you want to be productive and one of the things she talks about in the book I think yeah I think that's part of the titles basically like, be more productive by doing less or something less. Yeah. by actually letting our brains take this time we are actually more productive and so that's why I was like Lacey you can rest your body and be more productive at the same time I'm glad that makes you happy because it makes me happy too look at me so much to be grateful and thankful for. Oh, I am so glad today worked out like it did. I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for the podcast. I'm so thankful for technology and yeah. everything. Oh, thank you, Lacey. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening to No Shame in the Home Game. We hope you can take a little nugget to use in your own home. Remember to subscribe to the podcast in your player of choice, like us on social media, rate and review, and share with all of your friends. You can always visit joyfulsupportmovement.com to learn more about No Shame in the Home Game and the other Joyful Support podcasts. While you're there, you can join the newsletter or sign up for the Joyful Support Village. Now go out there and spread joy. Joy.